Thank you for listening, and we hope this message will strengthen and help you in your walk with God. Good to have each and every one of you. And uh, as my wife said earlier, what a greeting. I wasn't sure I was going to get to preach, but this is what happens when we cancel service two Thursdays in a row. She feels like she has to have the whole Sunday. But anyway, <laughs> no, we, we were a team and we're thankful that God put us together this January. It'll be 37 years. We want to welcome those who are joining us. Amen. Let's give God praise. I want to welcome those who are joining us online this morning. Normally, we would greet one another, but, you know, I'm really determined to try to keep this service within an hour so that we can go back home and celebrate Christmas with our families today and our friends. So good to have each and every one of you with us this morning. Let us pray. Father, we're so thankful, God, that we have vehicles to drive to church in. We have gas in our tanks, Lord, that we have had meals to receive, God. And Lord, more than anything else, Father, that we live in a nation that calls it a, call it a holiday or a holy day, and that is the day of the birth of the Son of God. And Lord, we ask that you prepare our hearts to receive, Lord, whatever the Spirit of the Lord would say through your message and through your servant today. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. If you have your Bibles, open with me to Luke chapter 2. Every year I pray about the Christmas message. I had a friend say, well, it's the same message every year. Well, no, not really. It is the same message every year, but God always shows us something new or something more in-depth in the Word of God, and I love that. But we don't have to just celebrate Christmas on December 25th. Amen? But in Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 1, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augusta that all the world should be registered. In other words, they're doing a census. Every 10 years, we do a census here in America to find out you know, about our population, and we do it for other reasons. The census first took place while Canarius was governor of Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. So Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. I can only imagine, you know, we have these plays and pageants and stuff like that where she's riding on a donkey. I can only imagine what it would be like at the very last term of being pregnant and riding on a donkey. I'd have to say grace. Of course, I've never been pregnant. I just want to let you know I never will be. But I can only show compassion to a woman like that. But her time was up, and it was time for her to have a child. So it was while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered, and she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Apparently they came to the inn and they said, Sir, is in my barn. We don't think about the Son of God being born in a barn, but he was. You know, it wasn't the type of barn that we have today. It was actually a place that was carved out of the rocks, more like a cave. 
And uh, there's a place in Israel called the village of Nazareth, which gives you the exact replica of what it was like for Jesus and how he grew up. And people still just live during that time. They do all their carpentry with the same tools that Jesus used, and they farm and agriculture, do agriculture the same way Jesus did. It's very, very interesting to go to that place called the village of Nazareth. But it was more like a place where they put feed into a trough. That's what the manger was. How wonderful. I'm so glad I was born in a hospital. I don't know about you, but, but he was born in a manger because there was no room for him. But you know, something very miraculous happened. Not only was Jesus born of a virgin, but it says here in verse 8, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before him, and the glory shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. You know, I mentioned that was an amazing sight. You know, how many of you have ever been, uh, had a picture taken and you weren't ready for it and the flash kind of caught your eyes and you're just kind of staring like that? Can you imagine the flash not going out? That's what it was like. It was a flash from heaven, like a flash from a camera, except a lot brighter than that. And you're just going out about your day, doing your job as a shepherd or whatever you do. And all of a sudden, this flash comes. And all of a sudden, an angel appears. For most of us, we would say that's an unusual day. For most of us, we'd say something really different is happening here. For most of us, it would usually get our attention. You know, if you watch any type of TV, there's a lot of programs on aliens and UFOs and they talk about these bright lights and how they mesmerized everybody. Don't get me into that because i got my opinion about all that stuff that's going on. But nevertheless, they were mesmerized by all things that were going on. How much more mesmerized would you be by the very light of heaven being shown about you, just shining as a bright morning star? So there was these shepherds in the shield. I'm in the field, and the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. I would think so. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. Say good tidings. This is what Christmas is all about. It's about good news. It's about the answer to everything that's going on in your life. It's about the answer to everything that's going on in the world. Remember, there was a trend that went on about 25 years ago. WWJD, how many of you remember that trend? How many of you don't remember that trend? That's because you weren't born then, but that's all right. But WWJD, what would Jesus do? I mean, it became a trend that everybody knew what it was. You'd see it under bumper stickers. You'd see it everywhere. One day I walked into Walmart, and these two women were, I mean, they were just a fussing at each other, and other things were probably coming out that I couldn't repeat. And they were mad, and they were angry, and it looked like they were going to get in a fist fight. And I walked by, and they'd go, hey! And they stopped, and they looked at me, and I said, what's the problem? They said, well, she took my parking lot. I said, well, what does WWJD mean? Well, what would Jesus do? I said, well! And they turned around and walked away. You know, I prevented a fist fight. You know, it's one thing when men get in a fight, but it's another thing when women get in a fight. I mean, that's nasty. But anyway, I prevented somebody having a bad day that day 
Well, what would the world be like if everybody said, you know what, I'm going to try to live like Jesus lived. This is why he came. Would that be good news? Would life be so much better if everybody took that attitude? So don't be afraid. I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Now, that had to be unusual, because the norm wasn't that most children weren't born in a barn. This is a sign to you. You're going to find this particular child in a barn where the animals are. And so they knew, number one, that this child was born in Bethlehem. They knew, number two, to look for a place that had mangers or had livestock. For to you did this day in the city of David, you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God, saying, Glory to God in the highest. On earth, peace, goodwill towards men. The Passion Translation says it like this, Glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and good hope given to the sons of men. This is the Christmas message, and that is it's good news. The good news is what? That is peace. What is peace? In the Hebrew, you would say shalom. I don't know how you would say it in the Greek, but shalom. Say shalom. That word just is peaceful when you think about the word shalom. But it's more than just peace, a place of tranquility. The word shalom in the word of God means to be complete, to be made whole. See, part of the peace that God brought is not just for you to have a time of quietness where you're relaxed and all the stress is leaving your body. But the peace that God has for your life is not only peace and joy, but it's health. It's strength. It's to be complete and whole. One of the reasons why we are challenged in society today is because we don't, don't feel good enough about ourselves. And this is why Jesus came, was to let you know that God so loved you. If you were the only sinner in the world, if you were the only one who missed it, and don't say this, but look at your neighbor and think to yourself, well, I wasn't the only one. Amen. I didn't say say it. But all of us have missed it. There's not one perfect. And the only one who was perfect, they put him on the cross because they couldn't stand the fact that he was so perfect. They wanted to get rid of him. And this is what shalom means, to be complete, to be whole to be healed, to walk in health, to walk in victory, to be an overcomer in this life. In other words, the word shalom means all of the attributes of God that he has for you. We often think sometimes, is it really possible for us to experience heaven on earth? Obviously, the host of heaven came and, and, and uh, you know, uh, uh, ministered to the shepherds, manifested themselves to the shepherds, you mean they experienced heaven on earth? Well, they did for a moment, obviously. You know, Jesus taught us to pray, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
How many of you know that Jesus has us to pray a prayer that we know he'll answer? And this is the whole purpose that Jesus came so that you can experience not just peace, but the peace of God. To be complete, to be whole, to be full that God has created you to be full. Be walking into his plan for your life. So when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Vicki and I had the privilege of working with a great staff at Calvary Cathedral, and we worked with a man who was an actor at one time. His name was Richard Freihofer. Richard Freihofer. And he was doing uh, some acting, some filming of this particular story when he was in Bethlehem. And this is how he got saved. They were out, this is the story, they were out there in the fields and they were smoking stuff that was illegal at that time. Sure wish it was illegal today, but anyway, they were smoking stuff that was illegal at that time. And they began to question the Christmas story and he said, this exact same thing happened. A light shone from heaven and an angel appeared to them. You know, I'm sure they put those things out that they were smoking pretty quick. And they realized that, you know what, this is a real event. They were questioning God with sincerity. Is there really a God? Was there really a day called Christmas? And in the same area, maybe not the exact same spot, they had an experience with the Lord. Well, Richard got his life right with God that day. I think so. Angels show up to me. If I wasn't living for God, I'd say, okay, I got this figured out. I might have been born at night, but not last night. <laughs> you know? And that was what changed his life. And I'm here to tell you that God has come to change your life so that you can experience this peace and goodwill towards men. Don't let anybody ever convince you that God's a bad God. Because the word of God tells us it's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. God's good. Oh, he's just ready to put, well, there's going to be the judgment of God. It's going to be a judgment for, of God for people who purposely will to rebel against God and God's standards. That's true, but that's not you. God doesn't visit you with sickness to teach you a lesson. God doesn't bring tragedies in your life to make you humble. It's God's will for you to be an overcomer in this world to prosper in this world, to live in divine health in this world, to have peace and good will towards men. And the word good is derived and parallels along with the same word as God does. So when you tell someone have a good morning, essentially you're saying have a God's day. Because the word good and God parallel with one another. In fact, they're derived from the same root word. And so God says, not only peace, but so that you can have my will in your life. And how is God's will? God's will is a will of nothing but joy, overcoming. Doesn't mean there won't be trials. Doesn't mean there won't be tribulations. But how many of you have ever walked in the rain with an umbrella? Were you getting wet? No. Was it still raining? Yes. The same thing's true when you're under the umbrella of God's grace. Things may be going on all around you, but nevertheless, you still don't have to get wet because God has his covering over your life. Amen. 
what a great example of God's grace and God's goodness and God's will for our lives. Yes, we can walk through a storm with an umbrella and not get wet, but we can't walk through this life without God, without experiencing tragedy. There will be trials and there will be tribulations, but with God, you can overcome all things. I don't know about you, but that's good. That's God's good will for your life. His will be done, not my will, his will. His will is a will of joy and a will of peace. So when the angel has gone away from them unto heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. Now when they had seen them, they had made widely known the saying which was told to them concerning this child. See, these were the first evangelists, the first people who witnessed about the things of God. And all who heard it marveled of those things which were told by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they heard, seen, and was told to them. That's one of the things that we don't do enough is praise God for all the goodness that he's done to us. We need to thank God every day. You know, the Bible says the very breath you breathe comes from God. You know, everything that you have in your life really has been supplied by God. One way or another, God's behind all the goodness that you experience. So this is God's gift to mankind, peace and goodwill. In Mark chapter 4, verse 39, he spoke to them peace. He spoke peace to the storm. This is part of the peace that God wants you to have. When you go through the storm, you can speak peace to that storm and have peace. In Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be Wonderful Counselor. You ever need some wisdom? He's going to be right there for you. Mighty God. Not a God, a halfway God, a mighty God, all-powerful God, everlasting Father, and he is the Prince of Peace. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, you will, He will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind who has stayed on who? Upon him, upon God, because you trust in him. In Isaiah 54, 10, it says, For the mountains shall depart, and the hills will be removed. But my kindness will not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace. See, it's not just peace, but God made a covenant, a guarantee, a contract with you so that you can have his peace. His covenant of peace will never be removed, says the Lord who has mercy on you. And Isaiah 54, verse 13 says, And all your children shall be taught by the Lord, and great shall be the peace, the completion of God for your children. You don't have to worry about your children if you're teaching them the things of God because God is going to complete your children. You know, many times as parents we think, well, you know, I'm not a good enough parent. Well, God will make up the difference. You know, what your child needs is just your love and the love of God. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 is through 9, it says, Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry. Don't fret. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, not just peace, but his peace, his completion, his prosperity, his health, his wealth, his joy, his presence, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So when Pastor Vicky said, you know, 
when the world comes to you and says, what is it about you? My mind is upon him. What is it about you? You're not fretful. You're not worried. Aren't you concerned about the economy? No, I'm not. Why not? Because I'm on God's economy. Aren't you concerned about what's going on in the world? Didn't you hear about these wars over, you know, on the other side of the world? Aren't you concerned? Aren't you concerned about the, the latest strain of illness that's going through the world? No, I'm not concerned at all. Why? Because my mind is upon him. And I know if my God before me, who can be against me? Finally, brother, whatever things are true. Now, there's a difference between facts and truth. You don't have to dwell on the negative facts. If you got a negative word from the doctor, you don't have to dwell on that because truth always overcomes facts. Come on, somebody. Help me with this. The truth of God's word will always overcome facts. If you got a negative, negative fact in your life, just begin to speak God's word, and God's word will change those facts. I'm here to tell you that God is a God of miracles. And the greatest miracle that he gave was the miracle of his son, Jesus Christ. You know, we believe in miracles. Many people believe in miracles. So why is it so hard to believe that Jesus was born of a virgin? We believe in miracles. We, a lot of people believe in UFOs. So why is it hard for people to believe? You know, you can believe in UFOs. You can believe in evolution. Can't you believe that God did a miracle and impregnated a woman who had never had intimate relationship with a man? What's so hard about that? Isn't, doesn't the Bible say all things are possible with God? Well, absolutely. Didn't he prophesy this was going to come to pass? Wasn't it written by another prophet thousands of years before and it came to pass? So why is it so hard? You say, well, pastor, sometimes there's some things that are hard in the Bible for me to believe. Well, there was a, one of Jesus' own disciples had a hard time believing. His name was Thomas. I like that name. He had a hard time believing. But God didn't throw him away. God didn't condemn him to hell just because he didn't believe everything. But start believing where you can believe. But believe this, that he is the Son of God. And that's what Christmas is all about. So whatever things are true and whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, and whatever things are of a good report, those things which empower you, give you virtue, those things which are worthy of praise, meditate on these things, the things which you've learned and received and saw in me, Paul said, these do and the God of peace will be with you. That's how you get the peace, is by beginning to dwell on what God says about you. This is the reason for Christmas, that regardless of what goes on in the world or whatever goes on around you, God said peace and goodwill to all men. That's what Christmas is all about. Thank you for listening today. We believe God's word is what will sustain us in any situation in our lives. For more information, please visit us at familywc.org or you can download the app. Look for us as FWC Como. Until the next time, remember, you are God's best.